Ladies and gentlemen, around the world, this is Gavina T.K. Kirkland. You're listening to the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is the T.K. Kirkland Podcast. I'm in um, Boca Raton, Florida today. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, how I travel the world and I'm just doing my thing. While I'm blessed to be on this planet. And this young man reached out to me. I'm going to read to you what he sent to me in the DM. I thought this was emotional, very positive. I also sent it to Vlad, too. It says, this brother sent me, a couple years ago, my daughter was diagnosed with AML leukemia. She went through chemo and a bone marrow transplant. We went a year in and out of the hospitals. We occupied our time by watching a lot of your comedy from her hospital bed. Laughter helped us get through some amazing tough days. My wife was diagnosed with appendix cancer a year before my daughter. My goal was to make them every day and forget about no, cancer a year before my daughter. My goal was to make them laugh every day. And forget about the pain. You didn't put laugh at that. So I threw up. I mean, messed up. They made. Um, I made them a promise to do an open mic once they were better. I did the open mic a year and a half ago and had my first headlining gig at the comic club in February. Thank you again for all you do. So, ladies, yeah. that's what this brother has gone through in comedy. Before I let you talk, comedy has been. Didn't realize until maybe a couple of years ago because I've been through some crazy times. Like my whole family is deceased. Like my brother got murdered by the police. Yeah, yeah, my yeah. dad drowned. My mom died of cancer. My brother, younger brother died of an aneurysm. But when I sit back and think why I'm happy, yeah. and why, why my life's amazing because I can actually go on stage and talk shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally get to talk, but I'm not in pain. I, you know, most people say that people who do comedy be in pain or they got a dark thing about or they pre- I, I'm not depressed. I ain't got no dark pain. I understand yeah. life. I just think that I could just go on stage and talk shit, and that just helps me. But I'm just been a happy, I just been a happy brother. And when I sit back, I just really feel my mother and father or somebody. And my family has the fly ass DNA, and that's what I represent. I see TK, so they say to me, TK, why are you so happy? I said, because it's in my DNA. Yeah. So to yeah. Um, pass it on to you guys and to hear what you said, my man, um, explain to me, to the world, um, this journey and, and what it led up to today for you. Well, <clears throat> it actually originally started with my, my wife. Uh, in 2017, she was about she was diagnosed with appendix cancer. Uh, mm-hmm. She went through a 16 hour surgery, 16 hours, uh, appendix, spleen, colon, um, most of her intestines, reproductive organs, everything had to be removed. And I thought that was the toughest toughest thing I would go through in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost exactly a year later, my wife was like November 24th of 2017. My daughter was like November 17th of 2018, so almost exactly a year later, uh, we were told that she had AML routine. 
Um, the story behind that of how we found out in and of itself is crazy. But we were told that it was terminal. Um, she was 22. So trying to prepare yourself to lose a kid is the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, I was a cop for 20 years, officer in the military for nine, shot mm-hmm. at I've seen everything that you can possibly think of um, that would give people nightmares, and this is the worst thing ever. Wow. Um, trying to prepare to lose my daughter. Um, so God, God bless, and I believe in miracles. I will tell people that every day. I am a strong believer in miracles. Um, thank God my youngest son uh, was a 100% match, and that was, what, four years ago? So mm-hmm. far, she is kicking butt. Um, to let people know, and this is very important because I didn't know this to my daughter, uh, my, my kids are mixed. It's very hard on boards for mixed kids, whether it's black, white, Hispanic, white, Asian, whatever. It's hard to find. So if you got mixed kids, you mixed, donate. Um, it's really neat. So after that, uh, and I have not yet even got into this, uh, about a year and a half ago, I was out of cancer and I lost my hip. So wow. after that, they now had to sit there and watch me go through what they went through. Um, so I lost my hip. I have three, five inch screws uh, over my hip together. Two months after that, I completely blew up my right knee. Um, I can't walk barely. And like you said, you got unhappiness. And time, and then our happiness. Um, I've been doing comedy now. That was a couple of years ago I sent that to you. I've been doing comedy for a for little four years. I have traveled all over the U.S. telling my story. Uh, Sarah Andrew Oster, who runs the uh, Comedy Cancer uh, Foundation. Mm-hmm. A couple of weeks ago, she hit yeah, I'm, I'm going to stop you there because I, I was hoping it was my phone. So I'm sorry to, to stop your momentum. Go to an area, though, where you can get better reception. You're starting to sound a lot muffled. Oh, I don't know if you're walking around or if you're moving oh, from place to place. But basically, you know, you're going to still. <laughs> I'll find a better place in the house for you, yeah. man. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah. So, um, uh-huh. So you're doing comedy. So I'm doing comedy. Um, this is uh, left law enforcement. That in itself, uh, like I said, I was a cop for 20 years. Uh, a lot of my comedy is kind of based on my, my career, my family, and cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm told is, you know, what people love about it is, is that it's relatable. Uh, and that's what I try, to, I try to share my pain in a way that makes people laugh. And my right. story goes way beyond... And you and I, you and I will talk about that offline. Um, believe mm-hmm. it will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. Okay. Um, but I try to, I try to share all of that with people and and, and make them laugh. And the most important thing to me uh, is to be as real as I can on stage. And okay. doing it for four years, I'm starting to get to that point. So. Yeah, you're doing good for four years. I saw a clip of your performance about you and your daughter going to the doctor. Man, I'm 51 years old, so. I, Today's my birthday. I'm 51. Okay, um, so happy birthday, brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, I appreciate it. So I got I got 51 of lifetime experience behind me. Um, right. So even though I just jumped on the stage, I've been talking in front of people for a while. So it was, it was kind of a easier transition for me. Um, I still had to, to figure things out, which I'm still trying to do. But we're getting there. 
still there? Oh, I'm still here. Okay, I thought I lost you for a second. Are you still walking around? Nope, I'm I'm standing in one spot. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Go ahead. So you, today's your birthday, you're 51 years old. Now, what do you have planned for your birthday? Uh, nothing really. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a big birthday person, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. I'm more of celebrating others, others you know, for me. Okay. <laughs> but I tell my family, don't give me no shit. Don't fuck with me today. Don't just leave me alone. Let me watch a game and relax. And any problems you have, bring them to me tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. So, so what? What do you? What I when I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk all the trials and tribulations you have gone through, brother. You have you are a true winner. Because you really have gone through some shit and you have not given up, like, and that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And it's not easy. You know, I tell people um, in my life, uh, and this is just this is a, a small snippet of it. I said I was a, a police officer for 20 years. Uh, the 20 years that I was a cop, I was the only black cop on two all-white police departments, and these were not small departments. So, mm-hmm. and as you can tell, I am black. Uh, I don't yeah. walk into a situation and change anything other than what I am. So uh, it, was a, it was a hard fight for me for 20 years. And I think right. that, that dealing with 20 years of that built up some, uh, some strength in me. So it prepared me for all the other trials that came after. Mm-hmm. So there's not too much. I mean, I've, I've, I've fallen to my knees and kissed the ground a number of times and didn't think I'd be able to stand back up, but I'm still here. Oh. Right, right. Yeah, just dealing with that cop shit. I already know that shit was insane from racism. Yeah. You happen to protect your own people, and yeah. um, they looking at you like you're crazy because you got that badge yeah. on it, so that you're changed to be yeah. one of them. But you yeah. did represent the people, though. You did, exactly. right? Exactly. Okay, good, good. Yeah, that's what I tried to tell them. I was like, if, you're, if you know the battles I'm out there, you just. Yeah. Okay, say that again because you're breaking up again. I need you to I need you to find a better area because there's some great things you're saying, but then you go you go away for a minute, like the reception. I live. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, y'all bear with me. I'm sorry about the reception, uh-huh. but you know, I like I like to tell the audience that's what that's what keeps the show real. We like we deal with the. With the elements, yeah. The elements of All life. Right. All right, PK. I'm out, I'm outside, man. I'm, I'm kind of out here. In the uh, country, I, th- so. I think that sounds much better. All right. All right. Good okay. deal. Good deal. Yeah. So you're talking about dealing with the um, officers. And yeah, yeah. Not only that. Black. Yeah, yeah. I was also uh, I was off, uh, officer in the Air Force. Um, mm. The Air Force has less than 1% African Americans. Um, I was in there for nine years, and in that time, I maybe saw three other black officers. Wow! So again, that's all. That all builds up strength in you. Either you can just fold and fall into the to the norm, or you can just stand up and sit down. That's what I've always tried to do. So, right. So I got a question, actually. How did you deal with um, razor bumps and shit from shaving every goddamn day? Oh my god. Yeah. So, I found a routine. Um, 
I would use this, and it's a, it's a cream that I get from uh, Walmart. It's a little face wash. So what I would shave, I shave every day, I'd have to put the face wash on, leave it sit on for five minutes, wash it off. Then I would um, um, alcohol rub on my face. Yes. Let that dry, and then I'll put this moisturizer on there. And that would always be very seldom out because I had a hard time with that before. Yeah, because so I you know just, you just that. Gotta find what, you just got to find what works for you. Everybody's skin is a little bit different. Um, but you just, especially back in. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting for um, blacks to be there because I, when I travel and I used to see um, a lot of blacks pretty much in the Army or wherever that was in the service, and I knew they had to shave a lot. You know, the yeah, skin yeah. start looking like um, Hershey crunch skin. Uh, yeah. from all the Appar- apparently these days, uh, the the profile that Terry has service members these days, I think the guys are full years. So I don't think that's these days. They got the man working in the military these days. So I think I think brothers are okay. You finally in that battle. Right now, I got one more question. Actually, are you on earphones or are you talking to the phone? I'm talking to my phone. Okay, cool. Okay. Just want to make sure. Because it's still not clear, clear, but we could deal with it. Because, I mean, next thing, we have to, we'll have you on the highway, so we don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what is your dream with stand-up? What do you want to do with stand-up? You know, that's, I, I keep getting asked that question. And a couple of weeks ago, I was, I was at kind of crossroads. Um, I've been told I need to move to California. That uh, within a few months, uh, with my style of comedy and my personality, it won't take me long to be noticed. And here's my situation: uh, a move for me is not easy. There's a lot of logistics behind me having to move. It kind of stressed me out. And then I, I did hit me, TK. The reason I started doing comedy was for my family and just to make people laugh behind my stories. Whether or not I become anything big doing it doesn't matter. I like to make people laugh, man. And so as mm-hmm. long as I keep making people laugh and traveling around and getting a little bit of notice, I'm happy. Okay. Uh, when you start to put too much pressure on yourself and start to let pe- other people put too much pressure on yourself is when things stop being fun. And I want to keep this being fun. That's good, family. That's good, yeah. I, I, anybody that ever gets on the mic... I sit back and watch how all this developed from 1985 because of a gentleman named Michael Williams. I want you to give you some history about stand-up. Black comedy started because of a gentleman named Michael Williams. Remember that, his name. Michael Williams started a club in Los Angeles, California called the Comedy Act Theater. And this is where the great Robert Harris developed and was discovered. He was the MC there every week from 1985 to 1991 till he died. Now, he had a head start on mostly all the comedians because most of all the comedians were just starting within like in 88, 89. So um, Robin had a head start, so he looked brilliant because he knew stand-up comedy. 
So when he got on stage, everybody was blown away because we had never seen nothing like that because most of us was new in stand-up. And everybody got to stand-up for different reasons. And then everybody started coming to L.A. You see the the Martin yeah. Lawrence's, the uh, Tommy Davison's, um, the, the Wayans's when they came to town, the Eddie Murphy Sinbad. Um, all these men will come to the show. And let me tell you, it's not like it is now where comedians will say, I can't follow you, or people will say, yeah. you're, 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 um, I'm not going on after that show back in the day. No matter who had the heat, you had to follow it, yo. Yeah. And back then, you only got $20 to perform. And this is before they let us in the improvs, the funny bones now, the the, the laugh factory. Not that, not, not that there was racism. It just wasn't that you had to be really good to get in. Yeah. And it's yeah. just that we wasn't really good to get in yet. So to see all that, like it was a time where you really couldn't wear a T-shirt. Like, like the way people dress, the way I dress, all that comes from T.K. Kirkland back in the eighties because everybody's wearing dress pants or, you know, look, but I brought the NWA look to the stage yeah. where if we was t-shirts. Now, I still rock that today, but what I do now, the t-shirts are a little more expensive. The sneakers is a lot more expensive and I'm making sure that I smell good and that I, mm-hmm. I feel amazing. But so that's mm-hmm. the difference. You know, mm-hmm. that's the difference of stand up. And then you see the development from what happened with the internet and what it did to comedians and how they blew up. So the money that they're making now took us ten, fifteen years to get and the yeah. comedians are getting it now. They're from especially internet sensations. They're getting there um in less time. And it's just like sports, right? It's like yeah. Magic Johnson, Barry Burr was better than most players who are playing now. But these yeah. guys are making ten times the money they were making mm-hmm. when they were playing, and it's just life, you know. It's just life. But to have read your story and saw that, I thought it was phenomenal. And to all the fans around the world who love stand-up comedy, let's give everybody your IG fans. Let's, let's get people to see you, sure, liking sure. your stand-up, and then when um, you come to the city. Or they come to your city, they will um, support you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, what's your IG? My IG, my IG is at Doe Green D O Green Eleven. Okay, spell it out for everybody because you still sound a little muffled. Sorry, it's D O Green Eleven. So D O Green G R E E N. Yep, and then the number eleven. Okay, cool. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, let's follow this brother and and support him with with the TK Kirkland love. All right, because he reached out. I saw his stand up, and he's really funny. You know, he, he, his timing was good. Um, he was clean. See, a lot of comics think that's hilarious, right? Like to open up for me, uh-huh. you have to do clean material. Uh-huh. 
And most people can't um, do clean comedy. And they get upset. Like, what the fuck you want me to do clean comedy for? And he don't even do clean comedy. Because I'm teaching a lesson. Yeah. yeah the lesson yeah. is you should know on the drop of a dime if you could do clean yeah. stand-up. If you want to work forever. Yep, I agree. See, now, if you want to work for a couple of years or stay local in your area, go ahead and do it. But if you develop a clean 30, 40-minute act and still do profanity and still talk your shit if you want to, yeah, you, you can do that. But if you could, you've got to be able to do both. Yeah. I That's agree. how you work into your 60s like T.K. Kirkland. Yeah. Now, even yeah, some of my fans. Uh -huh. Even some of my fans will think I just didn't curse. Like, I, I know how to put curse words together. A lot of them don't know I can do clean stand-up. Like, yeah. I'm, tonight I'm doing um, Boca Black Box and Boca Raton, very, very rich area out here in Florida. All white people. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple of blacks who, come, who came down from Miami, all white. And I did, you know, what I did was I start out clean. It's strategy. I started mm -hmm. real clean for a good 30, 40 minutes. And once I got them laughing and once I got them in the palm of my hand, mm -hmm. bam, I get they fucking ass. Then I start talking about the ass and what they did with the lynching <laughs> and all that type of shit. And by the time they, they still want to take a picture with a nigga, we even when I'm done. Yeah. Say it again. Yeah, that's what I had to do. I did a show... Uh, with Alonzo Bowden. Okay, good guy. Love him. Watch him do his show, and this is uh, uh, this is Colorado, Colorado Springs at that all-white crowd. I'm seeing people mm -hmm. just getting up, leaving. So I'm already reading the room of this crowd. So I get up the next show. I do my thing. People come back up to me, and the only reason is because I saw what happened to him. And right. I knew, hey, I can't – I got to get these people to like me. So mm -hmm. That's right. the first thing I started talking about, hey, cop, military, white folks love that. Like, right. oh, he's a good one. He's a good one. I was like, yeah, I ain't right. a good one. Keep listening. Then we get into the stories. And it's like, oh, by then they love me. It's too late. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you got you to gotta bring them in first before you, you drop the hammer on them. So, totally agree. Yeah, that was smart. I love that. That was smart. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's what I had to do. So I'm about to get ready for my show tonight. And then fly out, and I got to do a, um, um, Washington D.C. this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be off the chain. You guys always show up and show out at the Comedy Loft in D.C. Um, one show Thursday, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday, one show Sunday. Um, for ticket information, dial two zero two eight nine three eighteen ninety three. And I want to see if I. Remember that correctly because I said to myself earlier today, um, was I going to remember that damn number because I thought that I was doing something impressive. Hold on a second, everybody. One second. Okay, it's 202-293-1887. I think I said that right. So 202-293-1887, um, comedy law. In Washington D.C., uh, fifteen twenty-three Twenty-second Street, Northwest Washington D.C. Please show up. 
Last mm-hmm. year we sold out every all the shows, and it's going to be. Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about um, everything I do. And my man, I want to salute you for being a, a great father and finding the strength to overcome the obstacles with your 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 wife, your your children, the military, the fucking police, and you still standing. God damn! Still hey, standing. Every decision you chose mm-hmm. was tough. Mm-hmm. Every path mm-hmm. you took was not an easy path. I mean, yep. the military, the police, your wife who was ill, your kids who got sick. And I'm a teacher now. I teach at elementary and school. Now, now you're going to take another school. fucking crazy job because these kids yeah. are crazy now. Kicking now, my here's ass. the question of the that. day. Uh-huh. Yeah, here's the question of the day for that. Is sure. any of your female teachers... Are they having sex with any of the students? Oh, God, I hope not, because I work at an elementary school, so that shit ain't going to go too well. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they do that, then they, they, they need to be hung. Yeah, that's what I was talking about right that one night. I said, where was some damn teachers when I was growing up? Hey, hey well, When I was fun. getting D's and shit. When yeah. I was getting D's, I would have loved to have been going over one house and up my grade. Somebody brought that up to me yesterday. That was one of my kids uh, uh-huh. asked me, how my high school was because the high school they went to, they had like two teachers that were arrested for sleeping with students. Right. And I said, I'm, I was like, when I was in high school, and this is in 89, I was like, students is sleeping with teachers left and right. And everybody knew about it. Nobody really cared that much, but this is the eighties and um, people just didn't care. It was a different time back then. Uh, okay. So, also, yeah. this is nothing new that's going on. No, it's just that the, the laws changed. Yes. That's exactly yeah. it. The laws change, morality has changed, people have changed. Um, so now we're all uh, at a higher moral standards where we want to put other people down. So if we have an, uh, that opportunity where something where we may have approved years ago, even right. though we still approve it, it's better for us to look like we disapprove it. You, you know what I'm saying. So right, right, right. I don't think things have changed just being brought out into the light more, kind of like Trump did with racism. Shit was okay. always been there. He just brought it out, out into the light more. Wow, that's interesting. I really thought it was a new thing, but it's always wow. been there. It's always just been there. Change. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, things aren't yeah, being swept under the rug at the Eastern. Yeah, but yeah. I, I wish that. you the best, sir. I wish you I the wish best, you man. Hey, uh, hey, you know, continue your journey. Hey, say it again. Keep me in mind if you need a feature. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely I'll will, family. All right, man, for sure. Yeah, you have my word. I definitely will. You please stay in touch, ladies and gentlemen. Please follow this, brother. I get ready to go to work, and to all my friends and family, friends around the world, um, DM me if you're going through something. Let's talk about it. If you're just a happy person. Um, show some love. This is this is the TK Kirkle podcast. Check me out in DC. I'm at the Comedy Loft the following week. Check me out at the um, Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio, and then we hit Detroit, Michigan, which is going to be the bomb at the world famous Burt's Comedy Warehouse. All right, so I'll see everybody then, and may your pain be champagne. And I hope that you have the day 
you deserve. I wish you the best, fam. Uh, appreciate it, man. Take care of yourself. Uh-huh. Make sure you follow TK Kirkland on Instagram at TK underscore Kirkland for more information about upcoming events and more. Visit www.officialtkkirkland.com. This episode of the TK Kirkland Show was produced by Chris Thomas, executively produced by Charlemagne the God. This is an official Loudspeakers Network production.